Hello. Hey there. Thank you for joining me on the Imperfect Woman podcast. I feel honored to have you here with me as a best friend, as a new friend, as a human, as a woman, as a person that deeply cares about herself and others. (sighs) Today we're going to talk about something I think a lot of women do. And the title of the episode is When We Stop Putting Ourselves on the Back Burner. Ooh, burn. Full pun intended. (laughs) Okay. So we all know we do it. Like, let's just get it out there, right? Like, let's air the dirty laundry. We all do it. We all do it. We have different reasons. We have different rationalizations as to why we must put ourselves on the back burner, why our needs don't matter as much as everyone else's needs, but we do it. We do it, we do it, we do it, and we have every excuse under the sun for why we do it, but at some point, everything comes to a head, and we either get sick, like we burn out so badly we get sick that we're not taking care of ourselves and our body just decides to throw a tantrum and not let us function and come down with something, a terrible disease, a rare condition, exhaustion. Uh, it, it could be physical. It could be mental. Like you could hit the lowest place you've ever been inside of your head. It could be emotional. It can be in the heart where it just feels like your soul is dying. Sound dramatic? Yes. But I have felt this way emotionally. I felt this way physically. I have just felt this way in my head before. And Only in hindsight can I tell you it is the exact result that comes from putting myself on the back burner. And I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you. You have a lot going on in your life, and I have a lot going on in my life. I've got three kids, a husband, a dog, and everyone's in school and doing activities, and I'm running a very successful business, multiple successful businesses, and It's really easy to just go into what I call survival mode. And I did this in corporate a lot when I worked in corporate and I had to do a lot of healing around this. Like I can very easily go into quote unquote survival mode where I just have to get through it. I have to get the result. I have to show up. I have to do the thing, turn in the project, whatever. Like it just has to get done. And I do whatever it takes to get done. But sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it just doesn't work and I crash in some way. And you never know what way it's going to be. It can be emotional. It can be physical. It can be mental or it can be a combination of those or all of those. But it happens and it happens because I've put my own needs on the back burner And this leads itself into a conversation on burnout, which I think we can have in another podcast episode because I have so much to say on that too, as someone that has come from a high-stress, high-pressure corporate environment, but then also grew a successful business that can basically be the same thing, just in a different form. So I have a lot to say on that. But really, today is about 
putting ourselves on the back burner and just calling attention to the fact that we're doing it and maybe we should stop. And then thinking about what stopping actually looks like because what's the point of thinking about it unless we do it, right? So first of all, like the first thing that comes to my mind is health because I I guess it's because I can easily put health on the back burner, like eating crappy food or not exercising, um, physical health. And then we could even talk about mental health. You, You know, when is the last time you had a really fulfilling conversation? And one of the reasons I wanted to create this podcast is because I was missing these meaningful type of conversations with women like me. If you listen to, actually, it's the first episode. It's called Feeling Alone. I think you'll get a really good backstory on that where a lot of women like us feel very alone. Even if it looks like we're not alone on the outside and we have a spouse, we have family, we have friends, it's more about how we feel on the inside. And there have been so many times on my journey to just becoming the best version of me where I have felt alone on the inside, although on the outside, people wouldn't look and say, oh, she's so lonely, that poor little girl. No, not like that at all. But I have felt so alone on the inside. And something for me that helps me not feel alone is to have close connections and conversations that I actually want to be having. So like not random conversations with the neighbor or something like that or the barista at the coffee place down the street, but like really deep soul touching conversations that you can only have with someone that is on a similar wavelength to you. My soul craves those types of conversations. And let this be known, I also don't get them from my husband, not because he's not capable of it. Like, it's just not the same. He's not a woman. So, like, the way he thinks about things are very different. And the way maybe your spouse thinks about things are very different, too, even if your spouse is a woman. I find that we are all so different. But I craved conversations with people that think about the same things as me and think in the same way as me. And that's why I launched this podcast. In a way, it was just me deciding that my need, my emotional need and my mental need for these types of conversations gets to no longer be on the back burner. That's it. It's no longer on the back burner. Here I am having these conversations with you And it really fuels my soul. This is not one-sided. I can tell you, although I'm sitting here talking into my mic right now, I hear from you guys. I see the reviews that you leave on this podcast and thank you for doing so. And if you feel compelled and you want to leave a review and tell me you've enjoyed this, please do. 
because it's that two-sided conversation that really fuels me. I see you guys sharing this podcast on Instagram. I see you talking about it on Facebook, sharing it on Facebook, introducing it to other women that need to have conversations like this too. Like, hey, listen to this new really awesome podcast I found called Imperfect Woman by Mallory Tadimi. I see you guys sharing that stuff and that's two-way conversation for me. I know that the conversation is happening And that's really fulfilling to me. But it took me a while to decide that need gets to come off of the back burner. Like the back burner gets to be turned off. It can't be on simmer anymore. We can't keep that thing on low. You know, if if you've got the stove top with like the fifth burner in the middle in the back, or like it's, it's the one burner in the back that's smaller than all the others that you rarely ever use, that's the stuff that I'm talking about. Like I use the big burners all the time because I want my water to boil faster and I want to use bigger pots and all the things. But that little itty bitty back burner, we have to be cautious of what we are keeping there. And that's how I look at life. Like I don't look at life as this stovetop. Let's, yeah, let's run with the stovetop example. This is kind of, this is a cool visual. Like In real life, a stovetop is going to have like that one tiny back burner, right? But in our, what do we want to call it? Our energetic life, there we go. In our energetic non-physical life, we have like a hundred back burners. Our stove is like an endless sea of back burners. And I don't think it needs to be that way. Why do you need to be cooking a hundred things at one time? Do you really need to have that many things on a back burner? This is the conversation I started to have with myself lately. And I realized that like, yeah, I might want to have like one or two things on the back burner. Like maybe I'm trying to keep a sauce warm or I'm coming to this gravy I'm making next or something. And I want to keep it like right there. But other than that, I don't need a whole bunch of dishes on the back burner. Let me give you an example. We moved recently and I found this. Now this is, I guess it's kind of old at this point, but it was like this giant set. It looked like a big plastic book that opened up and it had CDs inside. And it had a big, thick French book, like learn French kind of book. And then it had these CDs, almost like the Rosetta Stone, but on a CD where it's like audio lessons on how to learn French. And I'm thinking back to when I bought this thing. And I want to say it was probably like, I don't know, 2008, 2009, 2010, maybe. I guess that's why it's on a CD because all these crazy apps didn't exist back then. And I just looked at it and I was like, hmm, do I still want to learn French? And I just felt into my intuition or my natural energy around this. Like I just stopped and I just got really quiet and then I listened I listened to kind of like the heart area core of my body and I just listened for like a pattern of energy coming back that was like a yes or no. And I was listening for like this swelling yes energy like yes that swells up and it comes out and it just gives me a big fluffy hug and I didn't get that. I just got like a 
no. And it was kind of cold. That's how it felt energetically to me. And I was like, hmm, okay. I used to want to learn French. My kids speak French. My husband speak French. I mean, they even went to a French school like all day, every day speaking French. But I really don't feel like I desire to speak French at this point. I just really don't. I'm working on Spanish a lot. We live in Miami. And I just let it go. I literally turned the back burner off. Off. And I got rid of it. Yeah, I did. I know. Don't criticize me for throwing something away. My husband always does that. But yeah, I threw it away. Don't tell him. I threw it away. And... I even walked the bag to the trash can as like this, like the trash can outside, the one that the big, the garbage truck takes. And like I did, I took the whole bag that was in the kitchen, the kitchen trash can. I took the bag out, tied it up nicely. And then I took it outside and I put it in the big green one that the garbage truck takes. And it felt really good. It was almost like burying the past or something or like when you write a letter and you tear it up or you throw it into a fire. That's what it felt like. And I just let it go. Energetically, I let it go. I have this energetic tie or cord, if you will, that was connecting me to the desire of learning French from like 10, 12, 13 years ago, something like that. And it didn't even need to be there. But that takes space. Like literally that takes up space in me energetically. And I know you know what I'm talking about, even though it's like kind of esoteric or out there. It just takes energetic space for me, even though I'm not sitting around thinking, hmm, maybe I should go practice my French today. I'm not thinking about it, but it's there. So I just got rid of it. I gave myself permission to get rid of it. I took it off the back burner. Isn't that crazy? So There's so many other examples of this. Like, so I do a lot. I I teach a lot of business online. I know this isn't a business podcast, but for those of you that follow my company clients online, I teach people how to launch, grow, and scale online coaching businesses. So they're working with people, creating income for themselves, like $50,000, $100,000 months. So they're creating impact and they're helping to transform the lives of others, but they're also creating freedom for themselves. So they can work from wherever they want. They can work however they want. I teach a lot about group coaching, so they're only working like one hour a week. It's really cool. I teach a lot of business stuff and I can tell you what I see all the time, even over in like the financial career business world is like so many women put off their dream of actually owning, growing, scaling, and running a successful business. They literally just put it on the back burner. I see this all the time. And it's like, whenever they join my coaching program, Clients Online Experience, when they come in, it's like they finally decided to take it off of the back burner and make it happen. So when they come to me, they've already been through all that emotional turmoil of just sitting around thinking about it for five years. And they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to go, but help me scale. I'm just so ready. I've been dabbling, but like, I don't know what to do next. So that's where they usually come in. But it's interesting because 
whenever they're either in the dabbling phase or they just even haven't figured out what they're going to offer, like what type of coaching or what type of product yet, whatever they're going to do, it's usually like they have it sitting on the back burner. So even for something like starting a profitable business that offers more freedom, like an online business, instead of working a nine to five job, a lot of people just keep it on the back burner just in case, just to think about it. But here's a really cool question I'd ask anyone that's doing that, even with the business stuff. Like, What if you moved it to that front big burner where it's actually going to start to boil really fast? Or what if, like the French thing, you just turned it off? What if you turned it off? How would that feel? Would you feel devastated? Like something is missing in your life and you have to get it back? Or would you be like me and you're like, relieved and you immediately feel additional energetic space because you let it go. And I think that's a good way to think about things. Just let it go or not. Stop keeping it on the back burner. It's either a yes or a no, not a maybe. A yes or a no, right? All it is is like delay. Who did I hear that from? Okay, so there's this saying about clutter. I don't know where I heard it. Maybe you guys can tell me. But it's like all clutter is, is a delayed yes or no decision. God, I think I just butchered that. (laughs) But like think of the clutter on your desk, in your living room, on your kitchen counter, wherever. It's just a delayed decision. So for example, I'm looking at my desk right now and I see something I need to return. It's in this like, I don't know, like it... Like those shipping bags that are like plastic, but they look like an envelope and they're like soft and kind of cushy. So it's it's for Macy's, right? It needs to go back. And it's really simple. All I need to do is log online and find that item and select return and then see what the return directions are. Probably just print on a label or something and the UPS guy comes to my door. But I just haven't done it yet. So there it is. It's clutter. It's sitting on my desk. I'm looking at it right now. It's staring at me. And I just haven't done it yet. You know, like if I did that, then I wouldn't have clutter anymore. And I kind of look at the back burner stuff the same way. It's like energetic clutter. So it's just delayed decision making. Are you going to do this or not? Like yes or no. And it's kind of like the conversation of sitting on the fence about something. You already know the answer. So for example, I already knew deep down inside that I was not about to become fluent in French. Maybe I thought I was going to and I had the energy, time, effort, and desire to do it back then whenever I ordered that CD thing, but now in my life, it's literally just not there. So why do I need to keep sitting on the fence about it? What's the point, right? And just think of how many houses we've lived in where that darn CD box has just dragged itself around and I don't look at it like out of sight, out of mind, right? But why did I need to do that? I could have just made a decision if I was honest with myself, but I wasn't being honest with myself. For some reason, I was in the back of my head saying, maybe, maybe I'll just keep the back burner on. Maybe I'll decide that I really desire to become fluent in French. But 
if I would have just like had an honest conversation with myself energetically, and if I would have said, Mallory, do you want to become fluent in French at this point? Yes or no? I would have easily been able to tell you, no, I really don't. I really don't. And if the answer was yes, then I would have said to myself, okay, cool. Are you willing to put in the work, the time, the energy, the money, whatever it takes to become fluent in French? That would be the next question. And then I would tap into myself and say yes or no. Now, obviously back then the answer was yes, I desire to be fluent in French. And then I would have said, yes, I'm willing to put in the time, the energy, and the money because I bought that thing, which is probably a couple hundred dollars. You know, back then, I guess it sounded like a great idea. Today, it doesn't sound like a great idea to me, and I can actually let it go. Now, like, let's use some other examples like health. People put their health on the back burner all the time, don't they? And I think that's an interesting one because it's like, And I do the same. I'm totally guilty, by the way. When I don't put my health on the back burner, I feel so much better. When I'm eating clean food, when I'm not overeating, when I'm not drinking, I feel like like a shiny diamond. (laughs) Every day I wake up renewed and ready to go full of energy and exercise as well because exercise energizes us. You know, when I don't do that, I feel super sluggish. I don't get as much done. I get sick more often. My self-confidence even tanks because I know that I'm not taking care of myself in the way that I should. All from just saying, oh, I'm too busy. Maybe I'll do that thing later, right? I'll do that thing later. I'm too busy. I have to do everything for the kids right now. Or I really have to focus on something in the business right now or this project I'm working on, whatever it is. And I just put myself on the back burner again, right? And it can't be that way. Even like with mental health stuff, sometimes if I'm feeling burnt out and I really need to tap back into why I'm doing something or like find a new passion or purpose around what I'm doing. If 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 I'm not putting myself first and actually like tapping into things that inspire me, here comes burnout <laughs> knocking on the door and I'm going to feel like I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm going to feel tired. I'm going to feel exhausted. I'm not going to have the energy to push through tough projects or things that I'm working on. I'm just like, I can't take it anymore. You know, that's how I kind of feel when I get burnt out. Like I just kind of like reach my limit, I guess. But if I'm taking care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally, I really don't get to that point, which is really interesting. (sighs) What do you guys put on the back burner? I can't be the only one putting all this stuff on the back burner. Like another thing I'll put on the back burner is 
tasks that will never get done. Like I think they'll get done. Maybe like I'm not giving up hope. It's kind of like that long to-do list. And I just put all this stuff, like little stupid little things on the back burner and they never, ever, ever get done. So what if I just said I'm not going to do this? Like what if I just turned the burner off on all those little menial type of tasks that it's been like two years and they still haven't been done? How much energy would I free up? I could turn off like 50 burners. (laughs) If you really think about your to-do list, like your true to-do list, Don't you have like 50 different things on it? I totally do. Or maybe a hundred different things. Like it could even be as far as like, I'll give you a funny example. Our, when we lived in New Orleans, our house had, um, I think they were called like boxwood maybe. They're like these bushes that you cut like flat on the top. Um, and then the dirt that they were in, I guess a lot of the dirt came from the Gulf Coast or like the sand and that has a lot of torpedo grass and torpedo grass helps to protect like the natural wetlands when hurricanes come. So it's a useful thing, but they got a lot of this dirt or sand from those types of areas. It was really common there. And these like shoots of torpedo grass would come out of these boxwood plants And it was the most annoying thing ever. So the long guys would just like be totally lazy about it and they just cut the top so it's even so you don't have this like grass sticking out of a bush. Like it's it's just like a really thick grass if I could describe it. Like it's tall. It could be like, I don't even know, maybe like three foot tall, but then it like kind of falls over and just keeps on growing and growing and it like takes over. It's like a crazy growing weed almost, but it's like a thick grass. So they would just cut over and I'd be like, hey, can you guys, you know, try to pull it out a little bit so like we get it at the root and they would always do a crappy job, of course. And (laughs) so like a lot of the times I would just, I don't know, I I would say to myself, like, I'm going to go out there and weed today, I'm gonna go put on my weeding gloves and really yank out that torpedo grass because it drives me insane. But I never did. (laughs) Because the the landscaping guy, guy would come once a week, once every two weeks, whatever. And then it would be cut even again and I wouldn't see it and I wouldn't think about it even though it was there. And it just stayed on my to-do list. Like things like that, like that would probably be number 50 out of 50 on my to-do list or like, I don't know, to paint something that you can barely see. Oh, I have an example. We have um, our dresser in the bedroom. It's like a whitewashed wood type of situation. And um, in our last house, my husband always put his car keys on on the, it was like the front right corner of it, but you could tell where the car keys were because this like whitewashed type of paint would come off. And I know I could totally go to like Michael's or Joanne Fabrics or something, or even order online, even more convenient. And I could totally order that kind of paint and just like put it on with a rag and it would look fantastic. And you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. But I've been thinking about that for one year. I'd say at this point, I've been thinking about doing that. 
So that's like pretty high up there, probably out of 50 (laughs) in the 40s on my backlist. So what if I just let it go instead of taking up space in my brain or my energetic field that it's like another thing I need to do? Like, what if I just let it go? What if I didn't put that on the back burner and I just turned my back burner off, right? So I've been thinking about all of this stuff lately and it's just kind of like, what if I just said F it and I just got rid of all these random things on my to-do list? Like I just freed my soul from them and just said, whatever, it's fine. You know, like this stuff just consumes so much of my energy. It's interesting. It's really interesting. But by putting that stuff on the back burner, as silly as those things are, I'm taking up energetic space. And by doing that, I am putting myself on the back burner. I need to be taking care of myself. I need to be spending the time doing the things I want to do or freeing up space so I can do absolutely nothing or growing new sectors of my business or doing new projects or new things for like the foundation. I could be doing so many different things where it's like my energy just gets stolen sometimes. And I do want to use the word stolen because I'm deciding to not put myself first. I'm deciding that Mallory goes on that little back burner over there in the middle of the stove or on like the back left corner. That's what I decide quite often. And every now and then I come to my senses and I'm like, what am I doing? And then I just move myself to the front. (laughs) But by moving myself to the front, I have realized part of that process is turning the rest of those burners off if they don't need to be there. It's like questioning, why am I even keeping them on? And that has been interesting to me. So like stuff like health, like eating clean and exercising, okay, that's on the back burner, but obviously I know why that needs to come forward and beyond. But other stuff like the torpedo grass, does it really need to be taking up space in my mind? Have I asked the lawn guy to take care of it? Yes. Can I ask him again and really point out why it's so important? Yes. Like I could give it that one last effort. I totally could. And then I could be at peace and I could just turn the dang burner off. Like ask him one more time, point to it, show him why that's important, right? And talk about how it's better if you pull it out from the root, all stuff that he should know, by the way. But sometimes you just gently have to remind people. I I could have done that. I totally could have done that and just turn the burner off and then put it on his plate. He's the one, he's the one I'm paying to do the landscape, right? Like I'm paying him to do all that. So, oh my God, I know that's a silly example, but I really wanted to give a silly example. Oh my gosh, this is very freeing. I wonder what's on your back burner. Guys, send me a message on Instagram and tell me what's on your back burner. I would actually love to know and what you're going to turn off and what you're going to move forward. Um, Just at Mallory Tadimi or at Imperfect Woman HQ on Instagram, or if you're my Facebook friend, you can just send me a message on there too, because I think this is a really interesting topic. (sighs) So many tasks that will never get done. 
I just say it's better to just say no, like literally delete it from your list, turn the burner off and let go of the burden. You don't have to be carrying this weight anymore. You just don't have to be. And that's part of putting yourself first, lightening your load. You're not a camel. Stop acting like a camel. Seriously, you probably think you're the two humped camel. No, you're not. You don't have energetic stores to cross a desert, but you're acting like it. At least I am. And I caught myself doing it. And I'm just putting myself first. I have to put myself first. What I want to do with my life and what I need with my life, it gets to come first and everything gets better because of that. I get to spend time growing my business. I get to spend money growing my business. I get to spend energy growing my business. I get to spend time with my kids. I get to spend time with my extended family. All of that stuff, the stuff I want to do, I'm doing it. I don't care. I'm in control, right? And that leads me to the part of the conversation where it's really about like taking back control from whoever you gave your control to. As silly as that sounds, I'm a mom of three. Let's talk about it. I've given my personal power, my control to my children more times than I can count until one day I recognized that, oh my God, my children are in control and I am not. (laughs) And it just happens and you don't even know it, but it's like you start living your life for them or you start living your life for your spouse or maybe you have fur babies. I don't know. (laughs) Or your friends even. I can remember in my 20s, it's like living my life for my friends or when you're 18 and you decide to go to the same college that all your friends are going to, right? Bad idea. You get to take control of your life. Another part I have to talk about too is when I worked in corporate, I feel like I really put my own needs on the back burner because every single day I had this like deep paranoia. I was going to do something wrong. I was not going to be good enough. The time that the yearly review would come, I would have like tick marks next to my name because I did something bad or I messed something up. And that did happen one time actually. And that was like a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess. And it was horrible. And talk about that in a minute if I don't forget because I have ADHD. (laughs) I do. But where am I going with this? Anyways, yeah. So in corporate, I often put my own needs on the back burner because I was basically afraid of doing something wrong and getting fired. Well, (laughs) I didn't really do anything wrong, but I guess in their, their eyes, I did. Go listen to the past episode titled, I got fired. And that is a fun little self-fulfilling prophecy example right there, if I do say so myself. But I was always so worried about getting fired because I was programmed to be the good girl, to never do anything bad, to never leave someone displeased or unsatisfied with their experience with me, especially when it comes to work, right? Because we always want that promotion. We want the raise. We want the good review. We want to be associated to that prestigious project because that's how you win in corporate. That's literally the culture. And I found like I would 
stay as late as I humanly could. So this is way before COVID happened and people worked remotely, but I would stay as late as I could. So the boss would literally see me sitting at the desk. The best thing ever you could do was stay so late that you stayed later than the boss. Oh, that was triggering for the boss. Oh my God. If you're, if you work in a job And I guess even if like, like at some point they introduced like Skype messenger or or something, maybe it was like a function of Microsoft. I don't know. It was like the really early version of like messenger. So at some point they introduced that and they could see when we were online and when we walked away and we were idle for more than five minutes and they locked it down. So we couldn't change as the employees when it showed we were idle. So basically most of the micromanaging bosses, which were most of them, would sit there and watch us to see if like how long we had been idle for, aka away from the computer. And there have been numerous times where like it was midday, even if I'd be at the office, literally, and I'd go to lunch with everyone's like, hey, we're all going to go to Chipotle or whatever. You want to come? And I'd be like, uh, like, I'd have all the feelings on the inside. But then it was like social pressure that I'm not cool. I'm a loser. I'm not part of the team because I don't want to go to Chipotle with them. But really, like, I do want to go to Chipotle. But the issue is I'm like concerned that my boss is going to see that I'm idle for more than an acceptable lunch break, which is honestly like <laughs> in corporate you kind of get rewarded if you don't take a lunch break. But if you do, then like anything more than like 30 minutes, the stink eye starts to happen in my opinion. (laughs) Maybe you're, if you're in a job and like you can just disappear and people don't care. I mean, honestly, I think you're probably one of the luckiest people in corporate, but that was not my experience. So it would make me nervous. Like anytime I'd be away for more than a half hour, emotionally, I put myself through this turmoil where I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. Oh my God. Like, and then all the emotions would start spilling over of like fear that I'm going to get some kind of check mark or like X or something next to my name that I did something bad by not being at my desk working every single second I was there, which is just an interesting concept because I was salary, you know? Actually, that's kind of effed up if I think about it. And how many extra hours I've worked over the years and gotten paid absolutely nothing for it, but then the boss sits there and watches you to make sure you're there every single second. But anyways, I digress. You you can go listen to I Got Fired to hear more of my opinions about corporate America and working for Fortune 10 companies and doing management consulting and living that lifestyle. (laughs) Oh my, oh my God. Ah, I hate talking about that. It's so like, it's still triggering. I still haven't fully healed from that. Maybe I'll never, I don't know. I don't know, but I wouldn't be where I am today if all that happened to me didn't happen. It's just like painful to like think back of all those moments and all that wasted time and all that frustration and all that hurt. And all that time I put myself on the back burner trying to please other people. <laughs> That's I'll bring that over to the loop that we're in over here about about putting myself on the back burner. 
you know, it was one of those things where I would stay as long as I possibly could. And even by doing that, like I needed to go pick up my kids. But sometimes I just wanted to be there as late as the boss so I could get that opinion formed about me. And then I would end up picking my kids up later, like they'd stay in aftercare or whatever, just because I wanted to be seen in that light. But what that is doing is that is putting my own personal needs on the back burner. I'm a mom and I really want to spend time with my kids. Uh, you know, it's four o'clock, five o'clock, five thirty, whatever. I want to be with my kids right now. I don't want to be sitting here staring at a computer, pretending I'm working to satisfy the man. That is not what I desire. But how many times did I do that? It's just countless. It's absolutely countless. But that was me putting my own needs on the back burner because I'm trying to prove something to somebody else or be the people pleaser. And at some point, we just have to take control of that and we have to set a boundary and we have to say no more. Whatever happens, happens. I'm going to deal with it. If I leave at 4.55 and I get the stink eye and I get the three negative remarks on my file, which is what they need to fire me in an instant then so be it. I will go find another job. I'm qualified. I have experience. I'll be okay. (sighs) If only I could have seen that or known that or felt this type of confidence back then, but I didn't. I just kept putting my own needs on the back burner. And here I am now, 10 years later into my own business. I've had my own business for 10 years now. It's crazy. And Still, I'm like, man, I just didn't see it. How much I put up with, with not taking care of my own needs and what I want because I was just so trained to be a people pleaser and make sure everyone else was happy beyond me. I mean, that's that's in the work environment, but like I said, the kids can also do it too. The kids, oh my God, even now, they always want to go out and do something. Like every single second, they want to be out doing something. They're 11, 7, and 2. The two-year-old just does whatever the other two want to do. But the other two, they always want to be out like at a mall or shopping or at a restaurant or outside playing or swimming in the pool, like things that require supervision. And sometimes I am just so tired and I don't want to do anything because I don't get to turn my brain off very often because I'm a recovering type A and I just naturally have an overactive type of brain that's always thinking, always going and always analyzing. And for me, it's just me working to control that and turn it off when appropriate, which I can do now. I have gained the skill of doing that. I can turn it off. It's not a problem. I can turn it off, except for the fact that I need the opportunity to turn it off. And when I'm outside chasing kids and making sure everyone's okay and making 800 snacks and dealing with all the fights, like I don't get to turn it off. And sometimes mama just needs to be closed. As I tell them, I'm like, mama's closed right now. And sometimes I I need to be closed. And I've recognized that where it's like right now, I can't handle a request. I can't take you to the mall. I can't 
do these things right now. And I'm not about to outsource them with somebody else. I'm not about to get a nanny and then have her run around and do all this stuff because that's just not what I want to do. I just want to be there as a mom and manage it. You know, I don't want to take the short way out sometimes, even though I know it can cause extra struggle, extra challenge, things that I have to work through, even though I could just pay to make it go away. Sometimes I don't want to pay to make it go away. I, I want to deal with it because I think it's important. So anyways, sometimes I'm just like, man, I'm tired, tired. I don't want to go outside. We live in Miami. It's hot outside. It's June. It feels like death. My son wanted to ride his bike yesterday outside. I'm like, seriously, it is so hot right now. I think I am just going to burn. My white skin is going to just turn red. I'm going to be a lobster and then I'm going to peel and then I'm not going to be happy. And I just sometimes, I don't know. I just like, I, I need to tell them no, although I don't want to tell them no, because I want to give them as many experiences as possible because what's wrong with a kid wanting to ride their bike outside, right? Like, thank God he's not trying to sit at home playing video games 24 seven, which I absolutely don't even let him do. So he's doing what I want him to do, but sometimes just like, oh my God, like I need to put myself first for a minute and I need to like just shut off. I just need to shut off for a couple minutes and just like recover energetically from everything that I was doing during the day. And, you know, I help a lot of people inside of my business, especially over on the coaching side and physical products. That's different with Imperfect Woman. But over on the clients online side, like I use a lot of brain power, especially when I'm doing like coaching calls or like my weekly Q&A call. I literally give it my all. And that is energetically draining. And I have to make sure that even if I'm working that one hour a week, I have to make sure I have the energy to go on that stage and to do that. You know, think of it as like a performer that's touring maybe and they have so many shows in a row. Sometimes they just collapse of exhaustion because in these shows they are giving it all. I feel that way sometimes like mentally and energetically. I think the work that I do isn't very physical. Let's be real. It's not. I'm like literally sitting here in a chair talking into a microphone right now, but it does take a lot of mental and emotional energy. And it only gets refilled when that second part of the communication comes back. Like earlier in this podcast episode, I said, I love how I get to have these conversations with you. And then it's like when I read the reviews you write and you say these amazing things and how much you love the podcast and how much it helped you and how you're looking forward to the next episode being released on Thursday. It's almost Thursday. Oh my God, I'm checking my phone. Is the episode out yet? Like that is so fulfilling to me. That stuff really fulfills me. And you know, I need to make sure I'm allowing myself to get fulfilled so I have the energy to do all the other things. 
But for example, like in that particular instance, if I'm not making myself open where I can read things and communicate and see what you guys are writing to me, if I'm not taking the time to do that because I'm putting everything else beyond my own needs, then as I go and record the next episode, I probably won't feel as happy or excited or as energetic about it because I didn't take the time to fill my cup up around the podcast yet, right? And there's just so many, many ways that we can look at this whole putting myself on the back burner thing. And then how about this one? What about those dreams you used to have before your life became insane? What about those dreams? Like when you were in your 20s, before you had kids, before you found your partner, what about those? Like think of all the really cool things that you used to dream of doing. Why not just, you know, I, I bet you still have that back burner turned on. They're like way, way, way in the back. They're like a couple of like the last pots, like way out there, like in the horizon. But you still got that burner on, I bet you. What if you went and you looked at all the stuff you had back there and you made a decision, like, do you want to turn it on, like, and move it up front and actually boil it or just turn it off. Like think of how many things you dreamed of before life got hard. For you maybe maybe it was also like maybe life got hard in your 20s, but then maybe when you were a child, life was way easier and you had all these dreams and aspirations and hopes. You know, those are still on the back burner. So what about them? And then what if you moved them forward? What would that look like? I think about this stuff a lot. You know, something for me that was kind of like that is I always enjoyed music. I took piano lessons until I was like, I don't even know, 13, 14 years old until the point where I thought it wasn't cool anymore. Now I realize how much I actually did like it. And I enjoyed that process of playing. I've always enjoyed songwriting, which I think is why I got good, at, so good at copywriting and even speaking with all the business stuff. And just lately, like a few months ago, I was like, I just need to move this to, to the front, to the front burner, because I feel like that's something I really enjoyed doing. And look, that was from when I was a kid. It's just amazing to me how many things that we just kind of push out of the way because we tell ourselves we have different priorities. And I also find like the years of the 20s or even in your childhood, if you're feeling kind of like lost with what you want to do next in life. And this is kind of how I came up with the whole imperfect woman brand. Even after I already had the successful clients online business, I just tapped back into like those initial dreams and feelings I had about when I thought like in the very beginning of probably when I was like 23, 24 years old of what owning a business could be like, I just tapped back into those, some like big, crazy open dreams. And that's how I came up with that entire brand. It was just me dreaming. It was just me kind of going back to some original thoughts I had or some ideas I had where 
at the time, they, it maybe didn't seem practical or just what I could do in the moment. But I went back to it and I was like, wow, this is so cool. It, it kind of helped me to find myself again, like before life became crazy, before I became a wife, before I became a mom. And it's kind of like all that stuff took over. And not that it changed who I am, but I think like it very easily forces you to put focus on something else other than yourself. And I think that is why so many women get lost after motherhood. But, and that's a whole conversation in itself and we'll go there in one episode. But I just say like, start dreaming again. Like, when is the last time you allowed yourself to dream? When is the last time? That's called putting yourself on the front burner. Stop putting yourself on the back burner. Put yourself on that front burner and do something you've always wanted to do. Even if your spouse is going to judge you, even if it feels like you're putting your needs in front of your kids. That's okay to do that, you know? It's okay. Your kids are going to be okay. They really are. Who I'm more concerned about, though, is you. Because chances are, right now, deep down, you're not okay. And I only know that because I am you and you are me and we are so similar. Deep down, you're likely not okay. There's, even if it's like way buried and you just keep telling yourself and everyone around you that you're okay, my guess is you're probably not. So I think the first place to really start is to put yourself first. Put yourself first. You can do the crazy thing without causing harm to someone else in your family or, or, or I don't know, like what's the worst fear? I guess for me, it's causing harm to someone else in my family. Like everyone's going to be okay. Really start the business, go on the health journey, take the trip, whatever it is, put yourself first, put yourself on that front burner. It feels good. And you can still have, you know, your kids on the front burner too. That's okay. I do. I'm with my kids all the time. I love my kids a lot. They're so important and they're like literally still on the front burner. It's like I'm on the front burner. They're on the front burner. We're all on the front burner. But just notice like I'm not on the back burner. I have a spot up front. I'm allowed to take space. I'm allowed to take up space. And I do. So me, Mallory, I am taking up space on that front burner and I don't regret it. Thank you for joining me in this conversation today. This is really good. Thank you for sitting with me through my stream of consciousness and talk therapy. <laughs> you can go follow me on Instagram at Mallory Tadini or at Imperfect Woman HQ, HQ like headquarter. Imperfectwoman.com is going to be full of really amazing physical products soon. We're working on that. You can also go to clientsonlinesystem.com if you want to learn more about how I work with entrepreneurs and help them start, grow, and scale online businesses in the coaching space. And 
that's a wrap for today. Thank you so, so much. I look forward to seeing you on that front burner up there with me. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone.